facing today, he's bigger than that. Amen. Let's just go to him in prayer to this morning. Just ask God to come and speak to our hearts. Father, we just want to say how much we love you and appreciate you, Lord. How great you are to us. How wonderful you are to us. Lord, you're ever mindful of our needs and our situations, Lord. The things that we face, the mountains that we look at, the problems. Lord, we're so thankful, Lord, we could sing and say with a surety, Lord, our God is greater. Our God of cancer, our God is greater. Sugar, diabetes, sickness of any kind, high blood pressure, our God is greater. Sin of any kind, our God is greater. He's greater than any situation or any problem. Anything that we could ever go through, our God is greater. This morning, Lord, we just want to give you all the praise and honor and glory. Let's do your holy name. For Lord, there's none like you. Lord, there's none like you. You're, you're, you're our God and you faileth not. And you're there for us in every situation. Lord, you never leave us or forsake us. We just ask God to just come and minister to our hearts today. The words, Lord, to be of, of you, Father, and anointed by you, Lord, to give strength to your children, we pray. We love you now with all of our hearts in Jesus' name. Joel chapter 2, verse 23. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's good to be home. Amen. And so we're looking forward to all that God has for us in the upcoming week. And, and uh, as you can tell, Brother David Mayer is not here this morning. Uh, his, he's got a good reason for it, though. His wife has been really having some health issues and things. And and the doctor said for her to be best for her to stay home and rest. So he just didn't feel like it would be, be good, a good thing to leave her and come on himself. So that's understandable. And so uh, we're here today, amen, kind of in his place. And then Brother Tim as well is just having a little rest. I, I offered it to him earlier this week. Sounded like a good idea, but now it don't sound so good. <laughs> amen. But... Uh, Anyway, we just, uh, we've had a wonderful time there in uh, Saskatoon and Brother Kelly and Brother Ron Spencer and Lord just really moved and touched hearts and lives and, and just did what God does and we're thankful for that and, and of course Brother Kelly and Brother Ron will be in this week, coming in this week so, and Brother Wayne as well so just be in prayer for them as they travel, the Lord will give traveling mercies and, and the Lord will give them what? directly to say amen i i believe god does that i know he does that and and i uh, believe he's done that this morning as well joel chapter 2 and verse 23 says be glad then ye children of zion are you how many children of zion well be glad then ye children of zion and rejoice in the lord your god for he hath given you the former rain moderately and he will cause to come down for you the rain the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full. Can you say full? Full of wheat and the fats, or that also interpreted as the vats, shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years 
that the locust is eaten and the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you, and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that thou hast dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I'm in the midst of Israel and I'm the Lord your God and none else and my people shall never be ashamed. Amen. We let you be seated. So there's two words here. I just want to look at this phrase. It's actually, uh, before we get to those two words, but this phrase, my title this morning be, my people shall never be ashamed. And he says it in back-to-back verses, and I, I don't personally think God has a stuttering problem. Amen. When Jesus would say, verily, verily, that wasn't a stuttering problem or a stuttering saying, I, 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 or this, 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 or whatever. He was making an emphasis and, and saying, listen, verily, verily, I say unto you. Pay attention to what I'm saying. So when God says say things one time, but I mean, that's wonderful. But when he comes back around and says it again, I believe he's wanting us to pay attention to what he's saying. And so uh, I look at these two words of, of the floor shall be full and overflow, amen, full and overflow. In other words, they're not going to be lacking of anything, no matter how bad the famine is or how much things are going on in the world that we live in. My floors shall be full and overflowing, amen, and my people shall never be ashamed. In other words, they will never be put to shame or ever be disappointed. Amen. For he, what he says, he will do. He said, I will restore all that the devil has stolen from you. Amen. I believe in, we, in this hour we have received a message of restoration. It is a message of I will restore your health. I will restore your peace. I will restore your joy. I will restore your children. I will restore all the things the devil has come. Amen. The canker worm and the palmer worm and all these things that have come down through your life and stripped off from you. I am going to give it back. Amen. We saw what he did in Job. Amen. As, the, as that would happen, as the devil would go before, or Satan would go before God and he'd bring Job's up. You know, God actually himself would bring Job's name up. Amen. And we watched as Job began to strip off his children, strip off his property, strip off everything. But we watched to the very end of it. Amen. God brought it back twofold because he's a God of restoration. Amen. And he'll never leave his people to shame. This word also so ashamed means it also kind of a double meaning. It's not just be embarrassed or, or disappointing, but it also means to be dry of a, a dry land or a dry stream or a, a, a dry plant. Amen. We, you know, when a wetland dries up, the fish and the vegetation die and the stink rises up from the rotting matter. And I actually thought about this yesterday as I would go out to our lake there as we're preparing for company, you know, and it's really not the best time for, uh, to have folks out there because they're dropping the lake down as they do about every seven years and, and allow people to work on things. But, but, but when it does that, you know, you see all the stumps and you see as the water begins to recede from things and, and begins to dry out, you begin to smell a stink. There's a stink that rises up, amen, and the odor begins to come up from the death of the fish or the vegetation that's around the edges, amen, begins to bring up a stink or, a, or, or, or from the rotting matter, and it begins to give off a bad odor, it's another meaning of bad odor or a dry and arid desert. 
Amen. Shame as one who's dried up. But if you're dried up, God said, my people will never be ashamed. Therefore, if you're dried up, I'll send a rain that'll rewet the lands that you have and bring up crops from there and bring up health from there and bring up life from there. Amen. But if I look, we look back, we can find out how all this got in this condition in Joel chapter 1 and verse 10. It says, the field is wasted and the land mourneth for the corn is wasted and the new wine is dried up and the oil languisheth. Be ye ashamed, O ye husbandmen. Amen. O ye husbandmen. Husbandmen, how, O oh, you vine dressers, for the wheat and for the barley, because the harvest of the field is perished, and the vine is dried up, and the fig tree languishes, the pomegranate, the palm tree, the apple tree, even all the trees of the field are withered, because joy is withered away from the sons of men. And so it's, it's actually God is saying, Look, I'm sending things, and you're not applying it, you're not using it, therefore, amen, I, I, all these things are drying up because of men and men's creeds and men's ideas and how they think it ought to be done or how they think the Spirit of God ought to operate or how this ought to be, amen. He said, this is the reason this is here, but I'm not going to leave it in this condition. But I'm going to raise it back up again because I'm going to send the former and the latter rain and I'm going to restore, saith the Lord. And I can say in this hour that we're living in, we have seen a message, a reign of restoration. Amen. It brought us out of creeds and dogmas and the husband men that allowed the plants to die and allowed things to come in and allowed diseases to come in. But God would not allow this bride tree to stay in that condition, but it began to pour out the rain and begin to pour out healing and deliverances and pour out the spirit of God and it begin to rise up again. Amen. I believe that that's where we're at. Amen. God is bringing us back up to the faith of the fathers. Amen. The faith of what was once begun there on the day of Pentecost when the lame walked and, and the death, well, death heard and the blind saw and all those things took place. I believe that is the time that we're living in. Amen, because God is not going to leave us in a barren condition. Amen, we must produce a son. Amen, we must produce a, amen, an Isaac and the coming of the Lord Jesus. There has to be a people prepared, amen, to produce the son of God in the hour that we're living in. Winds of different doctrines have blown through and husbandmen have allowed it to kill the movement of the spirit. They've allowed it to dry up the flow of the word and the fields are perished. But he said, my floors. You heard Brother Andrew talking about the middle of the road. This is the middle of the road. My floors will be overflowing with a harvest of wheat. Amen, the word of God will be there in his strength and in his power. And not only will it be word, there will also be wine and oil. There will be stimulation of revelation. Amen, there will be a word and there will be stimulation of revelation in my floor. Actually, in the message that we've received, amen, in this message of the seven seals, there was one of them dealing very, very specific with this subject in the third seal. It said, touch not the oil and the wine. 
Amen. Touch not the oil and the wine. Who said that? It wasn't one of the four beasts or one of the elders. He said it was the lamb that said that. The lamb spoke out and said, touch not the oil and the wine. Now we know the oil signifies the spirit of God and the wine symbolizes a a stimulation of revelation. He said, boy, I like to run all over the place. He said, it's a wonder I didn't wake up the neighborhood when the Lord showed me that there in the scripture. Amen, it caused something in a prophet. Amen, when he seen, amen, shouting and rejoicing was in the scripture. Come on now, shouting and rejoicing is in the scripture. Joy is in the scripture. Amen, when you see God revealing his word, it ought to do something to your heart. Amen. Amen. He said, I like to wake, woke up the neighborhood. He said, oil and wine in the Bible is always associated together. He said, I got to going down through it. Wine and oil, how it's put together. He said, when the truth of the promised word of God has been truly revealed to his saints that's filled with oil, they will get stimulated. Amen. Amen. Wine is a stimulation. Glory. He said, I feel it right now. Stimulated with joy. Stimulated with shouts. And when it does, it has the same effect upon them that that drinks the natural wine. Because when the revelation has been given of the truth of God, a true believer filled with all the revelation is revealed. And the stimulation becomes so great, it makes him behave himself unnormally. Hallelujah. In other words, you don't just act normal. I want you to understand none of us, not one believer ever makes the normal list. Not a believer don't. Not in this world we're living in. Ain't none of you makes a normal list. Amen. What's normal today is to believe whatever you want, be whatever you want, wear whatever hair color you want, dress like you want, act like you want. That's what's normal. It's not normal for a woman to have long hair and to wear a dress. It's not normal even for a man nowadays to dress like a man. It ain't normal today to have normal hair colors. And you don't even have to go to the big city. Go right down to Menden right now. You know, it ain't even normal no more. And it ain't just young people doing it. You got 70-year-old women painting their hair, painting everything. Well, that's considered normal now. Amen, but what, and what's norm, considered normal, even more than even a church, is to come, spend about 20 minutes, 30 minutes, go home, eat your dinner. What we do is not normal. How we act around this word is not normal. Amen, how God operates in our midst is not normal according to the word with the world, but according to his word, it is normal. He says, when it's been revealed, it makes him act unnormally. Maybe that's what's the matter with them now. It makes him behave himself unseemingly. He said, if you want scripture for this, start reading Acts, start reading right there in Acts 2. Where they are, 
Where are they at? They had a promise that had been given them. And when the promise of the Holy Spirit was poured out on them, it was scripturally vindicated. And what if they said, what if they had said, now wait, he told us to wait here for our ministry. And about after eight days, said, well, I'll tell you, boys, I believe we already got it. Don't think you, don't think you, don't, don't you think so? We already got it. Why are we waiting any longer? We ought to go to our own, our preaching. But he told us to come up here and wait. And it's been eight days and we've been here. Well, let's wait another one. Nine days come. Mark said, well, I believe I can't wait any longer. We've already got it. I see Simeon, wait a minute, boys. The scripture's got something to say about this. He never told us how many days to wait. He said, stay there until. He said, you stay there until Joel's prophecy comes to pass, until Isaiah's prophecy is vindicated. For with stammering lips and other tongues, when I speak to this people, this is the refreshment. This is the wine that's being poured out. What is wine in the Bible? It's refreshment. This is refreshment that comes from the presence of the Lord. Amen. Maybe that's your desire for this weekend, God. I need a refreshing. I believe we can all stand that. Even if you had one yesterday, you can have another one. Amen. We, I want a refreshing of the Holy Ghost. You see, wine represents stimulation of revelation. And when the Holy Ghost fell, they seen the fire of God fall upon them. My, and it began to stimulate them. The first thing you know, they got so stimulated to the people actually thought they were drunk. He said, but they were stimulated by revelation. They now saw themselves in the scripture. Amen, it's one thing to see Paul and these others, or Brother Branham, you can put him in the scriptures, or, or the pastor, you can put, what about yourself? Amen, what, what, what stimulated John? He said, all of heaven and all the things on the earth and under the earth heard me shouting. Why? Because it became a revelation to him. His name is also written in the book. Come on now. Amen. When you saw your name, why, why are you acting like this, Brother Timothy? Why, do, why does people get carried away? Because they see their name not written in a phone book or written on the internet or written somewhere else. They see it written in the Lamb's book of life. Oh, my. Just think about that. Somebody can erase your name out of a phone book. Somebody can defame your name on Facebook or, or on the internet and make you out to be an evil person and all kinds of things. But only the lamb can write in this book. And once he writes in this book, there ain't nobody can take it out. Hallelujah. That's something to get stimulated about. Because you realize once it's wrote, they've been wrote down, they ain't a devil, they ain't a trial, they ain't a problem, they ain't a sickness, they ain't a situation, they ain't a broken condition that can take me out of that book. He said, that's the reason they got all, they got all drunk. And they said, well, this has to be. Are they drunk? He said, well, no, this is just the third hour of the day. But Peter stood up and said, this is that. This is the stimulation of revelation that was prophesied in Joel. He said, that's the reason Peter could get out there and say, why, men and, brother, men and brethren of Judea, you that dwell in Jerusalem, listen to me, all you doctors of divinity, listen to what I'm going to tell you. How wonderful, revealed, revealed. They become so stimulated when they've seen it vindicated. 
That's just the way it does. It always does that. He said, when I see God's promise to do a certain thing in this day, and when he promised to break off these seals, and you don't know the joy, the glory, as I've seen him reveal this night after night, stand there and watch it happen, and know that I take, I'll take any person or charge him. Never did, never did say one thing to us, but what had happened that way. Then to see the joy that's in my heart when I, I see his promise for this last day, as he promised it, and hear it vindicated, and it's made perfectly right if you hear me say I feel religious that's what's the matter the stimulation is so bad I'm about ready to go cutting up you know stimulation from revelation he said they became so stimulated over the revelation there it broke out and the joy stimulation to the people were drunk he said, the Bible said, if there be one among you who claims to be spiritual prophet, if he says these things and it don't come to pass, don't pay no attention, don't fear him of all. And that proves it to me. Amen. Because why? It comes by revelation. And when it's vindicated, he said, then stimulation can take place. Now understand, you don't get stimulated to get it vindicated. That's not your vindication. But once you see it vindicated, then it's you get stimulated. You understand what I'm saying? It ain't shout to get it, but once you get it, do what you want to do. Amen. I can jump up and down and shout all I want to for a million dollars. Don't mean it's going to happen, but once I get it, buddy, you can bet I'm going to jump and shout. Amen, that's exactly what it takes to talk about the promises of God. You know, people will say, well, this one is saying I jumped and I shouted, you know, and I got the Holy Ghost. No, we don't believe that at all. Just because you jumped and shouted, you got the Holy Ghost. That's no different than believing if you spoke in tongues, you got it. Amen, but I do believe when deity comes down on the inside of somebody, it's going to cause some explosions to take place. It's going, to explode. it's going to cause some reactions to go forth, and it can't help it. So what happened to that little woman at the well? She was in a shameful condition. Here she was, married five times, living with another man. Shameful. She, was a, she ought to have been ashamed. But my people will never be ashamed. <laughs> oh, my God. Amen. And here she is sitting in this broken condition thinking, what am I going to do with it? I can't even go to the well at the, but certain times of the day. And laws kept her from doing certain things because of what she had done. But one day she went to the well and there was a man sitting there waiting on her. Because my people will never be ashamed. And he knew that there was something inside of her more than just being a harlot or being a woman married five times. There was a seed of God on the inside of her. And that God went searching after his and he sat down on a well and he waited on her. And here she came in her shameful condition. And she walked up there in the heat of the day. She couldn't come in the cool of the morning. She couldn't be with the rest of the women. She came in her shameful condition, but she left there unashamed. She came shamed and she left unashamed. Why? My people will never. They're going to come forth. Promises are going to be fulfilled. You hold on to it, you won't be ashamed. Amen. Listen, you say, well, I, I get all embarrassed because it ain't happened yet. It doesn't matter if it happened yet or not. What matters is he said it would. 
That's all that matters. It doesn't matter if it happens today, 20 years, 30 years, whatever it is, just like Abraham. Amen. God did not leave him ashamed. We're going somewhere. She runs into the city. Why? All her shame was tore off. All of it was broken. All of it was taken. My people will never be ashamed. Here it is, 2023. Are you ashamed to say the Lord's coming? No, my people will never be ashamed. Are you ashamed the rapture's still about to happen? No, my people will never be ashamed. Here you are having to take chemo and having to go down. Amen, and do all that, go through all that suffering. Are you ashamed? No, my people will never be ashamed. Hold on to his word no matter what happens. He said, that's the reason I like these full gospel conventions. That's where we're coming to, right? A meeting, convention. You hear people cry, shout, praise the Lord, because they've come into the divine fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Whenever you get rid of that, you've gone back to Babylon, and you might as well bury yourself. Okay. That was a direct quote. God provided approach to divine fellowship. If you'd like to go listen to it yourself, you hear people cry and shout and praise the Lord. It's because they come in divine fellowship. You ever get rid of that, you've gone back to Babylon and you might as well bury yourself. He said, that's exactly right. When we get to the place, when we get away from that Shekinah glory, the praises of God, that fresh anointing that breaks down all religious barriers and things that makes us one in Christ Jesus, free from all condemnation, that's what we need tonight. He said, that's what I found in these conditions is places where men and women, they're not ashamed. They're not ashamed of the gospel. They're ready to testify. They're ready to sing about it. They're ready to shout about it. I've heard them speak in tongues once in a while. You don't hear that too much anymore, but once in a while they do. He said, don't you never lose that. If you ever lose it to the place you get ashamed to go into relationship with Christ and let him dwell in you, God and man, making himself known to the people by his royal Holy Spirit, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, odd, different from the world, sanctified by the blood, set aside from the things of the world. Oh, that's old sassafras preaching, but it'll save a man from sin. It'll clean a person up and make them new creatures in Christ. Jesus. He won't whitewash it, but it'll wash you white. He said, ah, it'll take all the shameness away from you and the backwardness away from you. Uh-oh. Hallelujah. I've seen, you said, well, that just ain't me. Well, let's read the quote. I've seen a little woman so bashful, the insurance man come to the door and she'd back her head away, look down, let her go down to the altar and come into the Shekinah glory of God and she'll stand there and shake the shingles on the top of the house. Hallelujah. Why? She's in the presence of God. She met somebody that's real. Life has become a new thing and she's no coward no more and she's not cowed down by the world because she's in divine fellowship with Christ. But Satan is always trying to cut off the flow of the Spirit. It's the blood flow. 
That's what it is, spirit flowing through the body. It's life going through the body. And so he's always attacking it. He's always calling it names. He's always minimizing it. He's always saying it's fanaticism. And, you know, we need to keep the middle of the road. The problem is when you do that, the middle of the road is quiet, dark, dead church. That ain't the middle of the road. I understand every service is not going to be an emotional outbreak. I understand that. I understand every service is not going to be dancing and shouting and carrying on. Every song ain't going to be that way. But I believe we ought to be the kind of people to have the freedom that if we feel it, come on us. And we all not restricted in any kind of way and say, God, I'm ashamed of that. No, I ain't ashamed of it. I ain't ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I ain't ashamed of true worship. I ain't ashamed to show whose side I'm on. I ain't ashamed to dance. I ain't ashamed to shout. I ain't ashamed to speak in tongues. I ain't ashamed of none of it. And my people will never be ashamed. We, but we go through difficulties in life, sicknesses, trials, problems, and, it, and we're not careful. It, it actually causes a mark there, and it causes us to become dry in our spirit, and we lose the joy we once had. Every one of us can remember when we first got saved. When you first got saved, you didn't think anybody else could do any wrong. Everybody... Everybody's going to heaven. Ain't nobody in this church. Yeah, my, look at it. Boy, the, look how beautiful the pictures are. The music is so glorious. The sound is just right. <laughs> the AC is just perfect. You know why? Because you, you didn't care about it. You saw your name on the book. And your focus was on your name being written there in the book. But after a while, trials come, hurts come, this come. And the first thing you know, man, they, they changed the screens in here. I can't believe it. I like what it was and the paint. I don't like it no how. And I'm freezing to death and the music's too loud and this is too bad. What is it? Our focus has got off and we become dry. But there is a rain that can come. That can re-wreck those barren spots in your life and those broken places and fill them all up again. And to overflowing again to where your eyes are off the pictures and the pain and, and the AC and the sound. You don't even care. You're here to raise your hands and praise the living God because he saved you from a life of sin. And he brought you and put your name on a book. And he showed you it's been there before the foundation of the world. <laughs> Hey man, he's going to notice, he says out in the desert in Arizona, you find there's a, there's a group of plants, everything out there needs rain, there's no rain. So it all gets stickers on it. Every weed you hold got a sticker. I got to be real careful here. Then you take them weeds and you come up here where there's a lot of rain, it doesn't have any sticker on it. That's a good lesson. He said, if the church is all dry and no spirit in it, they always got stickers that boast around. We need, but what we need is a good old-fashioned Holy Ghost rain that'll soften us right back up again. But you know what's the matter? Our water line's been cut off. That's what's the matter. We're in a desert. That's the reason you got church fusses all the time. Oh, yeah, I thought that's what it just said. Thank you, Brother Branham. 
Amen. Got church fusses all the time. Why you take any kind of plant, put it in the desert, there's no water, it'll get stickers on it. Take that same plant, put it where there's a lot of water, it gets soft again. It's because it's dry. That's what's the matter with the churches today. They're fussing. Glory to God, I'm a Baptist. Glory to God, I'm this. Glory to God, I'm thunders. Glory to God, I'm Perusia. Glory to God, I'm message. Glory to God, I go to this. I'm assemblies. I do that. Oh, see, you come a bunch of stickers. Your water supply is gone. That's what's the matter. That's what's the matter. Where water's been cut off. Well, you don't do the things you used to do half years ago. The miracles and things are not in the church no more. The feeling. There's supposed to be a feeling in the church. Yeah. There's supposed to be an atmosphere. Amen. That not only is he pleased to dwell in, but his people are pleased to dwell in. There's a feeling, the fellowship is not in the church like it used to be. What's the matter? Listen to this. The glory spring that led to your hallelujah garden was cut off. (laughs) Oh, God. I say this week, water our hallelujah gardens. May there be such hallelujahs flowing up, back up into the presence of God. It'll raise a roof off of this place. And it'll shake the stalactites of hell back into the devil's face. Because there's this little woman who had been bound down and broken, but water began to pour down on her again. And her hands shot up in the air and a hallelujah come out. Hallelujah. I say, God, rain down this week. Rain down in our hearts. Rain down in our midst. Well, Brother Timothy, you don't understand what I'm going through. Somehow, you know, our problems are always worse than anybody else's problems. And when I'm going through a problem, ain't nobody else having a problem. <laughs> we all having problems. How many's had problems this week? I right, raise them up high. Now look around. You who think nobody got problems? We all got them. We all face financial problems. We all face serious issues in our health and things. But that doesn't give us a right to become dry. Truly and and honestly, it doesn't give us a right to become dry. Psalms 34.1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Uh Uh-oh. Did I read that right? I think my Homer English is okay. I will bless the Lord at what? Well, what about our brother Timothy? I have, you not believe the fuss we got on the way to church this morning. Yeah, I can believe the fuss you got on the way to church this morning. All times. (laughs) His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And I, in that, I don't see no fine print there that says, well, if you're going through some trouble and you have a trial and you got this situation and you're sick, then you have a right to not praise the Lord. No, in all times and continually be in my mouth and my soul shall make her boast in the Lord and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord for me, with me and let us exalt his name together. How many is here this morning to magnify the Lord 
Amen. Let's quit magnifying our problems and putting magnifiers on everybody else's problem. Let's magnify the one who's worth magnifying. When you start looking at him and your focus becomes on him, you're actually, when you are actually focused, you can focus out there. There's a purse sitting right up there by our sister. And I can look at that purse right now and I can hardly see any of y'all. It's where your focus is at. And it's not as big as some of y'all are or any of y'all are. It's a little purse. But you can find it. And I can look, and I don't see none of your faces. I don't see none of your, I can see a few colors, clothes and different things, but I can't see details. <laughs> I can't see if you're discouraged or you're happy or mad or yeah, whatever. I can't see none of that. I can't see if you got problems. I can't see if, you, if you're on top of the world. I can't see none of that. All I'm looking at is that purse. Hello, somebody. And if you will magnify God with me, you'll make him bigger than what you're going through. You'll make him bigger than the issue that you're facing. But if you're looking around you and that's all you can see, then God gets smaller and your problems get bigger. But this morning, magnify God with me. Let's make him big enough this morning that he heals cancer. Let's make him big enough this morning he can put marriages back together. Let's magnify God. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. And they that looked unto him were lightening, lightening, and their faces were not ashamed. Mm -mm -mm. This poor man cried and the Lord heard me and saved me out of all my troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth around them that fear him and delivereth him. Brother Timothy, I don't see no angels this morning. It doesn't matter if you see them or not, they're here. I read something the other day, Brother Branham said, they said the pillar of fire is here among us. He said, well, do you see it, Brother Branham? He said, no, I don't, but I know his word says it is. Come on, somebody. Amen. He is here among us. There's angels among us. There's more with us than against us. We're magnifying the Lord this morning. There's more with us than there's against us. I know sometimes it seems like cancer is so great and it's hitting so many, but there's still more with us than against us. There's still more God in our midst than the devil that wants to torment us. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is that man that trusted in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Yeah, young lions may lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord will, will, shall not want any good thing. Hallelujah. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, and I'll teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil, thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are upon unto, open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil and cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of oh, 
All their troubles were right there. We can put cancer. We can put sugar diabetes. We can put high blood pressure. We can put any kind of sin you want to put there. We can put family strife there. We can put marriage issues there. We can put it all right there because it all fits in all. He delivered them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such to be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them. So you lifted your hand and said you had troubles. It fits in that three little word. <laughs> I love how God does things so simple. Because he knew how hard it was for humanity to grasp a hold of his greatness, his abilities, and his power. So he just uses a three-letter word. He don't even list them all out. All the sicknesses, he ain't worried about them. They go in all. All the sins, he's not worried about them. They fit in all. All the afflictions, they fit in all. <laughs> I want to look back at this one verse here. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart. So... Sometimes you can go through things and it breaks you. Breaks you in your spirit. It breaks you in your flesh. It, it breaks you in your humanity. But I just read twice, my people will never be ashamed. Here in a minute, I'm going to have some pictures thrown up. There's a, 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 a way of doing things I found as I was studying on this in Japan. It's called, uh, it's called it's a, it's a thing called Kent. Kintsugi or something like that. That's how they said to pronounce it if you use English. So Kintsugi. And they actually say you was at your grandma's house and she had a, a dish that had been passed down or something that she really liked and one of her favorite and you was carrying it across the kitchen, stumbled and broke it and it fell on the floor and broke and shattered into pieces. They actually don't take those, many of them don't take those dishes and just chunk them in the trash, especially if it's something of good wealth or, or a good worth or it means something to them, but they actually take them and they gather up all those broken pieces. And they actually begin to put it all back together using a compound but of, of different things, but mostly of gold. And they take these, these beautiful, they take these pottery dishes, plates, bowls, vessels of all sorts, and you can find pictures of them, how they were maybe broken or shattered, and they were fell on the ground, and, and it would seem like a worthless piece of nothing. But somebody, amen, was able to take that brokenness, and, it, and, and, and what brought them near was the brokenness. Hello, somebody. Don't be like Brother Andrew, check, check, check. Mike's still working. What brought them near to that was the brokenness of that vessel. The Bible said he's near to the broken in heart. So it's really what you go through in life and the situation and things that you go through. Now he finds you in a shameful condition, but he's not going to leave you ashamed. You can bring those pictures up. He's not going to leave you ashamed, but he's going to take you and he's going to begin to mold you. And he's going to be able to put, amen, not just, not just anything in there. He's going to use deity itself. 
And those cracks the devil had used and threw you down and broken you seem to be all broken apart. God begins to take that vessel of clay. And he brings it up and he begins to put this piece with this piece. But in those holes and in those cracks, he fills it with deity. And they say, actually, amen, the latter part of the vessel is worth more than the former. Oh, that ought to make somebody shout. Because every one of us were found in a broken condition. We were all ashamed in the sin that we were born in and the shame and, and the iniquity that we're in. But God didn't leave us that way. Hallelujah. Because he said, my people will never be ashamed. You may feel like your vessel has been leaking out and leaking out and your joy is gone. Just allow him to fill that place. Amen. Don't allow it to be filled with hurts and allow it to be filled with pus and maggots and everything else. Allow it, God, to come in and fill it with gold. Go ahead. Maybe there's a couple more. See? Broken. If you notice... All of these didn't break in the same place. They didn't break in the same places of their life. They broke in different, might be some of them the same color. Some of them might be white, some of them might be black, some of them might be tan, some of them might be whatever color, yellow. It doesn't matter. We're all, we're broken humanity. But God didn't leave you in that old junk pile. He didn't leave you in that broken condition. He didn't leave you. Amen. You say, well, what about my marriage? It's broken. Well, just allow God to keep working on it. Just allow God to keep putting the gold in those cracks and those crevices. Amen. And one day you'll come out because he's not going to leave you ashamed. Come on. He's not going to leave you ashamed. If you'll hold on to his word, God will bring it to pass. Come on, ELT. He's not going to leave us ashamed. He's not going to leave us barren. Maybe the devil has tried to shatter you and he's trying to leave you broken. You will not be alone. You will not be left ashamed. It won't be scars and hurts that'll be seen. It'll be lines of gold and deity. Oh, hallelujah. It won't be lines of this scar and this hurt and this pain and this thing that's going on. No, if you allow the master to get a hold of your life, he'll begin to put it all back together and he'll fill it with deity. Amen. Amen. And the latter will be greater and more valuable than the former. Hallelujah. Amen. You have seen the suffering. Now see the glory. Hallelujah. You have seen the humanity. You have seen the brokenness. You have seen the hurts. You have seen the past. You have seen it all. But now see the glory. God is raising us up. And every one of us cracked in different places. Every one of us hurt in different places. And every one of us has lines of gold in different places. Because my people will never be ashamed. We each will become a masterpiece of his grace and of his mercy. It won't be lines of scars. It'll be lines of mercy. It won't be lines of hurts. It'll be lines of amazing grace. 
How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. My people will never be ashamed. He says here in Romans 8 and verse 18, he says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Can you bring back to that piece that shows all the broken pieces? That picture? The one that's the white, I think it's the white one, has a lot of broken pieces. Yeah. Broken, suffering. But the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed in us. Sister Esther, you suffered, but it's not worthy to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed in you. I don't see a barren woman. I see a woman with a baby. I see a woman with a joyful mother of children. Because I believe what God said. And my people will never be ashamed. I've testified about it before and I'll testify about it again. God is going to fulfill what he said. Amen. We may, we may feel like broken humanity this morning, but don't you worry. God's going to fulfill what he said. You may feel like trash on a trash heap this morning, unworthy, not able to move another moment, about to give up, but don't give up. Oh, hallelujah, because when everything's falling apart, it's just falling into place. Hallelujah. You feel it like it's all falling apart, but if you let God come and move on the heart and move in the midst of you, you will begin to see the veins of glory show forth. Because my people will never be ashamed. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to the open of the prison of them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. Hallelujah. To point unto them that mourn in Zion. To give unto them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. And the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called trees of righteousness. The planning of the Lord. That he may be glorified. And they shall build the old waste. And they shall raise up the former desolations. And they shall repair the wasted cities and the desolations of many generations. Who in the world is he talking about? He's talking unto us. Amen. There's been wasted cities and wasted desolations for seven church ages. But they're going to build them up again. Amen. We're going to build up again. And God still heals. This is why he sent a prophet so we'd have the faith to believe in 2023 that God still heals. God still delivers. 
God is going to send a body change. God of the dead in Christ is going to rise. Hey, my people, I'm building. That's what we're doing when we're preaching. We're building upon wasted places where the devil had destroyed faith and destroyed faith and destroyed faith. Let's put another nail in. He's the Lord God that heals all our diseases. What do you think that was when Sister Atlanta ran around this building and cancer confirmed from her, it was confirmed that it was gone from her. It was another nail in that wasted city. Building up the walls, building up the, the places of God's dwelling. Hallelujah. Amen, this is where uh, those that won Hezekiah, I believe it was, uh, trying to come up with his name there, that went to rebuild the walls. Who was it, Jeremiah? I can't remember right Zechariah, that's it, one of my eyes. Nehemiah, we get to him. There we go. But there was Sanballat, his, 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 his comrade that was coming there saying, you can't build these walls. You can't have this place. Hey, you just gotta, why did they not want the walls built? Because if they knew the walls were built again, they couldn't come in and out as they wanted to. Amen, that's why does the devil want our walls of holiness tore down and our walls of peace and joy tore down and our walls of healing tore down because he can come out anytime he wants to. But if we'll build up a wall of healing, we build up a wall of joy. Hallelujah. And the scripture said they had a mind to work. They had a rock in one hand and a sword in the other. And they was adding to the wall and adding each one building to their own part or their own place where they were. Amen, I believe that's what we have to do in this hour. Amen, it's not just, it's just keep adding another rock. Put another stone on the wall. Those desolated places, those wasted places, put another stone there. Follow it all through the scriptures. What did they leave behind for a testimony? Rocks. They left them in the Jordan River. They said, because when the other generations come, you can tell them what God did here. So what does the devil want to do? He wants to destroy the rock of your testimony. He wants to cast it off and make it a wasted thing. It's time you pick it back up and you put it right back in its place. In this day, he's made men to stand behind a pulpit and be ashamed to give a testimony. I ain't ashamed. You say, well, you're making yourself something. Well, you got your eyes on the wrong thing. That's your problem. Amen. What I'm doing is I'm making my God something. I'm magnifying God. And giving faith to somebody else and say, hey, if God can heal Sister Atlanta, he can heal me. If God can save Justin Ware, he can save my son. I can't tell you how many times I've given those testimonies and people come and say, hey, if God did it for them, God will do it for me. Hallelujah. That's why we keep telling it. That's why we'll always tell it. So you might as well shut up, devil, and go back to hell where you come from. Because I'm going to continue to fly the flag. My God still heals cancer. My God still brings prodigals home. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's my God, and he changes not. So I'm going to fly it. Till the hair lips ever devil in hell. I don't care. 
You can be ashamed if you want to and make every excuse if you want for, but as for me and my house, we're going to fly the flag. Well, get offended? Well, I mean, hey, they're flying flags today. Why can't I fly my flag? He says in Psalms 147 and verse 3, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. Ezekiel 34 and 11 says it like this, For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. If you go back and look, again, it was men that allowed things to happen. They didn't take God at his word. They allowed promises to fall off, and they allowed coldness and formalism to slip in. They, they allowed all kinds of things. He said, but with us say the Lord, behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all places where they've been scattered in a cloudy and dark day. Sounds like our day. Dark day. And I will bring them out from among the people and gather them from the countries, will bring them to their own land and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in good pasture. And upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be. There shall they lay in a good fold and in a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord God. I will seek that which was lost and bring again. Hallelujah, I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away and I will bind up that which was broken and will strengthen that which was sick and I will destroy the fat and the strong and I will feed them with judgment. He said in Job chapter 23 and verse 10, he, but he knoweth the way that I take and when he has tried me, I shall come forth as, what's that word? Gold. <laughs> I love that. It gives me such courage. Because we all go through some hard, hard places. But he didn't say, he knoweth the way I take. And when he tried me, I shall come forth crushed. I shall come forth broken. I shall come forth beaten down. I shall come forth bound. I shall come forth lame, halted, and withered. No, I shall come forth as gold. Something of great wealth and worth that for thousands of generations and years and they have held this in great esteem. And God says, you're worth more than even gold to me. My people shall never be ashamed. He won't leave you broken. He won't leave you shattered. But he'll pick you up and put pieces back together. It won't be an infected sore or a place that won't heal. He will fill it. He will put it together. And you'll be held together, not by yourself, but by deity himself. Gold. Maybe you've been wounded in spirit. But let that place be filled with the glory of God. Not a religious spirit, but the glory of God. You've seen the brokenness, now see the healed. Hallelujah. You've seen the suffering, now see the glory. 
You've seen the bound. Now see the delivered. You've seen the hurt. Now see the bombing Gilead that can go over every spot and fill it. Jesus Christ, no matter if he was in a storm or in a gale, is knocking the boat from the side to side. He was standing in the face of a mess of demons. If he was hanging anywhere, it never moved him. He walked right on just as calm and quiet as he could be. He was simply unconscious of fear or anything around him. That's right. Whether it was going to happen or whether it wasn't going to happen, he knew it was going to happen because God said it was going to happen. He didn't say, oh, I prayed through. Have I prayed through? Have I fasted long enough? Wonder if I did this or that. No, he just walked on unconscious. That's right. He believed that what God said was the truth and the word must be fulfilled and he knew what his life was, that his life was been sent here to fulfill every word. And you have been sent here to fulfill it too so just walk unconscious of fear unconscious of criticism unconscious to the world unconscious any of this walk with Christ don't pay any attention right or left just keep moving on if something comes up in the church walk with God Hallelujah. If sickness strikes you, walk with God. If the neighbor don't like you, walk with God. Just keep it walking with God because Enoch did that one day and he walked so far home, he way he didn't come back again. That's where I want to be. Walk with God. Doctor says you're going to die. Walk with God. Doctor says this. Walk with God. For God has made you the promise. I'll never leave you or forsake you, but I'll be with you to the end of the world. Walk with God. Oh, you'll have your ups and downs. Don't worry. You'll go through briar patches and over sharp rocks, sharp rocks and bluffs, down over the hillsides, up through the mountains, over waters, but just keep walking with God. There's so many hills to climb upward. You heard the old song, but how little does it seem when you get to the end of your way? How many times have you seen people get down to the end they want to start then making everything right. All these things they held for so long seem so little at that moment. Come on. Oh, they held for bitterness for 30, 40 years. But like down to their last breath, they're calling and trying to get this made right and that made right. Why? Because none of that matters anymore. And it's going to be the same thing with the hills you go through and the briar patches you go through and the sharp rocks that gouge at you and the problems you face. When you get down on the other side, it ain't going to matter no more. Hallelujah. Amen. I love that quote. I've quoted it here lately. But Brother Brandon said, when you get over on the other side and you look back and you're just going to say, why did I fear so much? Look at all the joy I missed out on. Hallelujah, when you, you didn't realize when you was going through that briar patch, there was angels that was commissioned to take you through. When you was going through that sharp rock was poking you, the devils were tormenting you, there was many angels that was bumping them off and saying, touch not my anointed. Do my prophets no harm. Oh yeah, God lets disappointments happen. Hello. If you wasn't ever sad, you wouldn't ever know how good it was to be happy. I'm glad that we don't live in an emotionless world. Be a bunch of robots. No matter what happens. Good day. 
Bad day. Robot died. Doggy robot died. People get so tore. I don't even know why. Help me, Jesus. Get more tore up over a dog dying sometimes they do. The grandma died. Well, I lost my baby today. Ain't your baby? Quit it. Help us, Lord. God lets disappointments come. You know, that's why I don't understand. We don't live in an emotionless world, so why should we have an emotionless church? Why shouldn't we experience the joys of the Holy Ghost and the happiness of being delivered and set free? Why, why can't we dance about it when the demons of, that have been tormenting us are now under our feet? Why can't I show that kind of emotion? Amen. When I see, amen. You say, well, Brother Timothy, have you ever danced when God didn't actually do nothing for you? Or you ever got excited when somebody, somebody else got excited? Well, sure have. Because I knew the battle that they were going through. And I knew that it would take God to do what they were doing. So it makes me want to shout. Because I see somebody else being delivered. Hello, somebody. So tell me what kind of spirit is wanting to put this uh, ugliness upon us when we look and we see people shouting and dancing because the devil is under their feet. We are not an emotionless world. Therefore, we're not going to have an emotionless church service. No, sir. As long as I'm alive, I'm going to glorify. I'm going to magnify. I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I got to thinking about that as Jesus was on that donkey on his way to Jerusalem and he's going down there and they begin to cry out, Hosanna, blessed be the rock, blessed be the rock. They said, tell them to hold their peace. He said, if I told them to hold their peace, these rocks will cry out. Why? Why, why? That's amazing. He would take rocks and make them cry out. There's no life. There's no breath. There's no nothing in them. Boy, it wasn't. God had wrote his law upon a rock before. But that rock couldn't shout, that rock couldn't cry, that rock couldn't respond. But God said, I don't want my law wrote on a stone somewhere. I want it wrote in a living heart. Because I want a response from them. Something a deep that calleth unto the deep. There has to be a deep to respond. That's why in the Bible they call us lively stones. But he said, if you're not going to do it, these rocks will. God lets disappointments happen. He lets things go down. Sometimes if you'd only see these things that seem to be so burring to you and upsetting to you, they're trials. They're things. Just stand still. Set your focus, your glasses, your eyes on the Word of God. That's all there is to it. Focus on that. You know, it was Moses after being in the line of duty and royal seed or in the seed of Abraham, when he went down to Egypt to deliver the children of Israel, God had given him signs and wonders to smite the earth and bring forth frogs and fleas. And it all happened. And here they come down, and they walk down to the, uh, to the Red Sea. Hemmed in by Pharaoh's army, mountains and deserts in the Red Sea, Moses stepped up and possessed the gates of his enemy. 
And he crossed the Red Sea dry-shod as he's walking on a dusty road. Ye shall possess the gate of your enemy. See, God never leaves his people ashamed. Amen. He wasn't going to leave them ashamed and dead there at the Red Sea. No. But a few years later when trials come and the church all got shook up, as it's so easy for a congregation of people to do, when something don't happen the way they think it ought to or supposed to be, God makes it that way. God makes it that way. God brings tensions into the church. For every son that cometh to God must be tried and proven and tested. He lets sickness strike you. He lets disease come to you to test you and prove to you to show the world you're truly the seed of Abraham. He permits it by his own will. He permits disasters. He permits friends to turn against you. He permits all these things. And he turns the devil loose to tempt you. He'll do all but take your life. He can throw you in a bed of affliction. He turn neighbors against you, turn the church against you. He can do almost anything. And it's God's will for him to do it. Wow. But we're taught that it's more precious than gold to us. What about Abraham with Isaac on the mountain, the one the promise is given to by his loyalty and his knowing? He'd come right to his greatest moment of temptation. But he said, he said, he went to hold the knife and the hand held him and a lamb was created right there. Why? And he spoke and he said, his seed shall possess the gates. I've sworn by myself and I'll do these great things. There was no one greater. So he swore by himself. He said, my, when you come to that final moment as Abraham was tested to that final point, he will also test you. That's not an easy test. That final moment, that time of decision, when everything's away from you and you have to stand alone. Oh, it's easy as young people standing in a youth camp shouting. But when you go home and you're alone. Oh, it's easy when you got friends on every side, but when you're alone. But stand alone. Walk out there and say, though he slay me, I'll trust him. That is the seed of Abraham. That's the one that gives the promise. No matter what the rest of them says, the rest of them do for me in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. If the rest of them say there's nothing to the experience, it's a bunch of excitement for me in my house. Direct quote, for me in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'd like to take up with Paul right there and say, in the way that's called heresy, so worship by the God of our fathers. Though there be tattlers in the church, though there be t- twisters, though there be all kinds of false prophets and everything in the church and the neighborhood and everything, but it's for me in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Though all of them quit coming, though the church gets cold and indifferent, me in my house, Hello, let's worry about me and my house. Me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. That's where the true seed of Abraham rests their promise is right there in the word of God. Spies come back and said, ah, bunch of foolishness. Try to go in there. No need to even go any further. Them people's giants. They got great governments. They got spears. They got cancers. They got Sugar diabetes, they got high blood pressure, they got. They got all kinds of things over there. 
Joshua and Caleb said, we're more than able. This is what you've been hearing from this pulpit. As far as I'm concerned, is a Caleb. Saying, hey, we can have all that's in the land. It's all of ours. We can have it all. It, joy is there. Happiness is there. Speaking in tongues is there. Prophesying is there. Visions are there. Fulfillment is there. Matter of fact, you're not going to see the fulfillment of the rapture unless you're there. It's all there. We're more than able. Give me my mountain. Give me the place where God has promised me I can stand. And he said, that's where stand, that's, there stands the church of the living God. I don't care what anyone else says, what the doctor says, what the unbeliever says. We're more than a match for anything that comes along. Is there an amen in the house of God this morning? We're more than a match for anything that comes along. We are Abraham's seed and we will possess the gate of our enemy. Healing is our possession. Salvation is our possession. The Holy Ghost is our possession. Speaking in tongues is our possession. Dancing in the Spirit is our possession. Joy unspeakable and full of glory is our possession. This is a spiritual land and it has spiritual angels and spiritual visions and spiritual manifestations. This is our land. So it's our possession. That's where we stand. Me going down. He goes here, he says, this is where the church of the living God stands. In the church of the living God this morning. I'm going to say this morning. Let's bring it down to now. This morning. Lays the power to heal all sickness. Hallelujah. Lays the power to heal all sickness. In the church of the living God, lays power to overcome all temptation. In the possession of the church of the living God, lays the power to change sin and throw it away and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. In the church of Jesus Christ, whatsoever things you desire, ask in my name and it shall be given unto thee. Whatsoever you desire. Brother Branham, it's a wonderful one to go listen to. Brother Tim has quoted it here some here, here lately. I just want to bring it back to our remembrance on this. Never be ashamed. Is the message ashamed? He says the word of shame could be translated embarrassed. You're faced with something and you're embarrassed about, and you're ashamed. That other thing, other thing of being ashamed does, it shows you're not sure of what you're talking about. If you know what you're talking about and have the assurance that you know that you're talking about, you can tell anybody that you're not ashamed. But if you feel put out of place, it shows you're not sure. You notice there's so much of that today, especially on the subject I'm speaking of, shame to the word, that he and the word are the same. In the beginning was the word, and the words were the God, and the word was God. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us the same yesterday, today, and forever. Whosoever is ashamed of me and my word, and he and his word are one, is so being ashamed of the word in this sinful present generation, I will be ashamed of him. 
Now, we notice today if somebody says, are you a Christian? Not a very popular thing to say anymore. Am I, oh, am I a Christian? See, oh, but do you believe the word of God where it said, these signs shall follow them that believe? Oh, even ministers' faces will blush. Are you ashamed to say of divine healing? Are you ashamed of the full gospel? Are you ashamed of your Pentecostal experience? That's being ashamed of his word. That's his word made flesh in you. I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed of Holy Ghost filled musicians. You can call it rock and roll. You can call it whatever you want to. I call it bringing the glory of God down. I've seen it happen too many times. And I ain't one that's going to put limitations on them and change on them to where they're scared to move and scared to do anything. No, sir, we want liberty in the house of God. And neither am I going to put chains and bondage upon our young people. Amen, sure. Some of them get in the flesh. Well, we all came to church in the flesh. We live in the flesh. That's who we are, fleshly human beings. Amen, but when that flesh ever bumps into an angel, bumps into the presence of God. There's something there to electrify it. There's something there that touches it off and sends it into another place. May send it to nothing but a ball of tears, hands lifted up. May send it to a fit of shouting or dancing. But however it is, I don't want to be ashamed of it. God will never leave us ashamed if we're not ashamed of him. Spoke this Saturday morning at Brother Kelly's. Brother Ron would be very weak that day. Get up and you just watch God perform a miracle right in front of your eyes. Walk up to the pulpit, a very weak man, and preach for two hours. That's what he got for teasing Dad for preaching so long. (laughs) He said, I can't believe I've done that after saying what I said about you. But an absolute miracle take place. Then not only that, have a prayer line. Stay there for the entire time. Praying for the needs. People don't see the behind the scenes stuff. Some people look at him and think he ain't even got cancer. He looks like a well man. That's a miracle. Say what it is. It's a miracle. We got in the truck that night. As we would go home, the presence of the Lord would fall in the truck. And I would be driving, Brother Tim sitting in the front, Sister Ruth, Sister Connie, Brother Ron in the back. Presence of the Lord on Brother Ron, because as he would actually, you know, this old dumb devil. He'd actually go to get in the truck, and as he would step up, he would just start getting, he started getting on him, weakness in his body. I had to jump out and run around and grab a hold of him to keep him from falling. And as I'm holding him, he said, curse that thing while it's on me. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I ain't never felt a charge like that in all my life. Amen. I begin to call upon God and curse that thing. Tell the devil to take his hands off of God's property. That's in our land. Amen. I told the devil, this ain't your property. This is God's property. Brother Tim standing beside me praying. And we begin to call upon the name of the Lord. And 
Brother Ron would get in the truck and for miles we'd be crying out to God and thanking him for what God had done. And it just come out of me, Brother Ron, you will never be ashamed. You testify what God's done. You testify what all's happened in your life. If the Lord said, trust me, and I'll never, I'll use you like never before, we can say, that's nothing but the truth. I said, it's nothing but the truth. I've seen God call and grab a hold of that man. You say, we say, well, what if he dies tomorrow? My people will never be ashamed. Because the same God that put him down there is the same God that raised him up. Well, what are you looking for? I'm looking for him to be healed. Just the same as I looked for my mother to be healed to the day she took her last breath. Well, say, Brother Timothy, ain't you ashamed to say God still heals? No, I'm not. Because God still heals. God still delivers. God still sets free. <laughs> Actually, it was a sister there would find out she had just had a miscarriage. Had carried the baby like four months. Actually, the first time I'd went up there, quite a story. Hopefully, not too lengthy, but the first time I went up there was actually was going to just go with Brother Tim and Brother Ron because in August my mom had passed away and was he was going there in September and I just didn't really want him to go along. And so, last minute he had to cancel because of the back surgery thing and in a lot of pain. And so I would go on and take the meeting with Brother Ron. Was sitting right there about where Sister Rebecca and Sister Jemiah was sitting at my mother's funeral. I would hear these words. You're going to sing a new song. This song of mourning will not be forever, but you're going to sing a new song. And I would begin to look at that and would go to, to uh, Ohio uh, camp and preach that on Sunday morning. Then on Sunday morning at that meeting in September of two, 2021, I would preach it. And out, out there was a lady who had been raised a Catholic and the boy had been raised up in the message but went out and married her. I don't really know exactly all the details. Can't remember them right off. But she would come, she'd come to the truth and give her heart to the Lord and disowned a lot by her family if I understand right. But anyway, she's in that meeting and the Spirit of the Lord fell down at the end of that, time, that, that service and God was moving and they, they, they sang and worshiped for another I don't know, somewhere three or four hours after that meeting was over with, I'd actually left and went to a house to get some rest because I was flying out early the next morning to come home to be at his surgery. And so she would, test, she would actually testify the next time I would come would be in February. Uh, Brother Danny Steeman was going to minister at their youth convention they have in February, and he had to cancel last minute, so called me, and I went. And so I got there, and she sang a song. And as she's singing it, she's, it was, uh, I sang a new song. And it was about a new song. And the words and things, I could hear my message, my sermon being sung in a song. And she would testify before she sang it. She said, I knew that I'd give my heart to God, but I knew I was lacking something. And she said, Brother Timothy, begin to preach that. I knew I needed the baptism of the Holy Ghost. She said, as we begin to worship and the Spirit of God begin to move, she said, God came down and filled me with the Holy Ghost. 
She said, I've been singing a new song ever since and, and how God delivered her things and all this. So anyway, fast forward to this year and she unexpectedly gets pregnant and their youngest was what, about nine or so, nine or nine years old and so they wasn't really looking to have a child they thought they was finished and, and then she thought well maybe this is the Lord and things begin to move that direction all of a sudden she loses it and she's left in a very dark place went through a lot of dark issues and things and she tells as I was preaching this of how God brought deliverance and she realized that brokenness was for a reason for God to come back and instill deity in her life and to put deity to hold her together in those places. But I, as she began to talk about all, they went through the story again, reminded me of when that, when all, how all that took place, and what had happened, and how I, how I, I'd been at Brother Ron's before, before my mom had passed away, and how I'd been there, and 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 was looking for God to move on her behalf, and she's in and out of the hospital, and just looking for God to move, and and I'm standing there preaching, and I'm preaching on a God that answers. And I hear, as I walk around to the front of his pulpit for some time, I'm, my iPad blanks out and turns black. And Brother Ron watches it and it turns back on. It shifts through the, through the, through the uh, apps and it pulls up the, 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 the Brother Brown's uh, t- uh, tapes and it puts a, puts, picks one and it plays. And you hear the words begin to speak of the prophet. And I'm wondering what's going on. And I'm hearing him talk about down from his glory, ever living story. As I'm talking about the three Hebrew children going to the fire. Well, I thought that that was for me, for my mom. I thought, it's over with. Her sickness is done. She's going to be healed. He's going to snatch her out. And I I was believing that. And here I am now looking at at this memorial taking place. And I'm like, God, I'm thinking, God, why is this happening? Why did this go on? I thought you was going to answer. I thought it was going to be this way. I thought it was going to snatch her out. And here I'm sitting at her memorial. Why? And I hear him speak to me, and he says, that was not for her. It was for you. I wanted you to know that I was going to be in the fire with you. I wanted you to know that I was going to be there in your brokenness. And I was going to be there in your trial. And I was going to be there when it seemed like your world was falling apart. And you will not sing this song forever, but I will give you a new song. Hallelujah. And I've watched God use it time after time after time. You wonder why you go through sicknesses? So God can use it. You know why you go through trials? So God can be in it. And he can lift somebody else's faith to believe if you made it through, I can too. If you got healed, I can be healed too. That's why we have to testify over and over and over and over. And the devil's constantly, you said it before and you said it before and you said it before. Shut up, devil. You're making yourself somebody. Shut up, devil. We find Noah. Scientifically, he had a lot to be embarrassed about. Scientifically, it seemed, this is stupid. What you out here building a boat for? Especially that big, what's wrong with you? What? You're doing what? It's going to what? It's going, right? What is, what is rain? It's going to come down from heaven. It's going to flood the earth. And the only salvation is getting this boat. 
He had a lot to be embarrassed about. But it rained. And it flooded. And his family was saved. Why? Because my people will never be ashamed. David had a lot to be embarrassed about. Little boy, little sling, walking down in the middle of a giant field. But my people will never be ashamed. Shamgar had a lot to be ashamed about, jumping out against 600 trained Philistines with an ox goat. But my people will never be ashamed. Samson had a lot to be ashamed about. Think about grabbing an old jawbone of a mule and whooping a thousand Philistines. But my people will never be ashamed. Daniel had a lot to be ashamed about, but he wasn't ashamed. He opened his windows and he prayed to the God of heaven. And he was thrown down a lion's den. And he said, oh, king, I'll see you in the morning. Amen. And the king came that morning, couldn't even sleep, rolled the stone away. And there was David, or Daniel, standing there in the lion's den. Amen. The lion just purring around and petting them and carrying on. Why? My people will never be ashamed. The Hebrew children had a lot to be ashamed about or embarrassed about, but they said, Live on forever, O king. But as for us, we're not going to bend, we're not going to bow, we're not going to burn. Well, if you burn us, whatever you're going to do, our God will take care of us. And they were not left ashamed. Paul was not left ashamed. Stephen was not left ashamed. Peter was not left ashamed. And neither will we be left ashamed. He said, let me say this. A man who has once come in contact with God, which is the word, the word that's been made plain and manifested, there's no shameness about that. You're not embarrassed. You're not embarrassed to say, I believe every word of God. Don't embarrass me when the Lord says to say anything. You say it and do it. Don't embarrass me to say I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. It don't embarrass me to say that I've spoke with other tongues. It don't embarrass me to say that our Lord has showed me visions. It don't embarrass me to say he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. When you're brought before rulers and kings for my name's sake, take no thought for what you'll say. For to be given to you in that hour, it's not you that speaketh, but my Father that dwelleth in you. But whosoever is ashamed of me and my word in this generation... Him will I be ashamed before my Father and the holy angels. God, help us not to be ashamed, but help us to be a living testimony. Romans 9 and verse 33 says, As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. To some it's going to be an offensive thing. To some it's going to be a stumbling stone. But those who believe, they're not going to be left broken and ashamed. Psalms 37, 18 says, The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. In the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall, be, shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall be consumed, and to a smoke shall they be consumed away. I see Isaiah 66 verse 1 says, Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you build me? Where is the place of my rest? For all those things which made my, my hand made and all those things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, 
Even him that is poor and of a contract spirit and trembleth at my word. He that killeth an ox as if he slew a man. He that sacrificeth a lamb as if he cut off a dog's neck. He that offered the oblation. He that offered swine's blood. He that burneth incense as if he blessed an idol. Yea, they have chosen their ways and their soul, their soul delighteth in their abominations. I will also choose their delusions and will bring their fears upon them because when I called, none did answer. When I spake, they did not hear, but they did evil before my eyes and chose that which I delighteth not. Hear the word of the Lord, ye that tremble at his word. Your brethren that hateth you, that cast you out for my name's sake, said, let the Lord be glorified, but he shall appear to your joy and they shall be ashamed. Oh, there's going to be some people that's going to be ashamed on this earth. Amen. When this bride lifts out of here, there's going to be some people that's going to be ashamed. But because the Lord is with you in Jeremiah 20 and verse 11, the Lord is with me as a mighty, terrible one. The word, uh, this word means awe-inspiring, terror-striking, awesome, ruthless, mighty. The Lord is with me as a mighty, terrible one. Therefore, my persecutors shall stumble, and they shall not prevail. They shall be greatly ashamed. For they shall not prosper, and their everlasting confusion shall never be forgotten. How about it? Are you going to be ashamed? Or are you going to be those that will never be ashamed? Let's bow our heads. Why don't you just let him fill those cracks with deity this morning? Those hurts. So, Lord, don't let it be filled with some religious spirit. I think I'm okay and all right. Lord, let it be filled with deity. True, pure gold. I wonder how many just be honest with yourself this morning and say, Lord, I need a few cracks filled. I need a few places, a few spots. Filled with your grace and mercy. Yes, Lord. Just want to be touched by the Master this morning. Allow Him to come in my life. Allow Him to mold me and make me in the image He had in His mind. come there as a perfect, never broken vessel. Not a chip missing or nothing like that. No. Because if you did, it would be you able to boast and say, look what I did. But we're all going to come with stripes through our lives of His amazing grace. Marks of His mercy.
places where his peace was entered and inserted into our life. Yes, Lord. Father, see our hearts today, Lord. See the hands that were up all over this building. I ask God that you would just come and fill every place, Lord. Let the rain of your mercy and grace just fall upon us. Let the Holy Ghost just rain down even now, Lord. We can have a time of refreshing in your presence, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Maybe that's your desire right now. You just want to stand to your feet and lift your hands and say, God, I need a rain. I need a refreshing. I want you. Pour it out, Father, I pray. Pour it out on every heart and every life that's opened up to you, Lord. Lord, the hotness of Laodicea has come in and dried out and made lukewarmness come and enter into hearts and lives. But God, rekindle the fires, oh God. Send your rain down upon the land, I pray. Touch every fiber, every part, every place, God. Flood us with your mercy and with your grace, Lord, I pray. Lord, may we, even like tabernacle, lift up the walls of healing and deliverance, of joy unspeakable and full of glory, true worship, Lord, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, Jesus, we love you with all of our hearts, Lord. We love you, Father, with all of our hearts. Why don't you just talk to him for a minute? Just lift your voice to him. Just ask him to meet you this week and touch to talk talk to you in a very special way. You know where it's dry. You know where you've had moments that you need a touch in his life. Why don't you just let the master touch you right now? Open up the floodgates of heaven, Lord, and let it rain. Let it rain upon your children, Lord. There'll be a harvest of plenty, I pray. Granted, Jesus, we pray for your glory. Amen.
Yeah. 
Here 
just tell him what an awesome God he is. something or if you know you have something in the fellowship hall please go get that after the service we need to get that cleared out there's some lost and found items there's some things in the fridge and the freezer we just need that taken out we need a few hands just moving a couple things back there amen i want to sing